Everybody, welcome back to the Big Mark Podcast. This is me, your host, Big Mark. If it's your first time listening, welcome. If not, welcome back. Like I always say, if you ever wanted to reach out to the podcast, please don't hesitate. Please hit us up on our DMs uh, at the Big Mark Pod or at the Big Mark Podcast on Twitter or Instagram. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe to our channel. Like the video, subscribe to our channel so you know when our next video is going to come out and follow along with everybody. Um, wherever you are listening, if you're just listening to the podcast, please don't, please give us your time. I know it doesn't sound like much, but if you give us a a good review, it really helps us with, uh, with climbing the old algorithm as they, as they say, and get more popular and please share the podcast. Let your friends know anyone you think would like what we're into. Like I always say, I'm trying to spread the love and connect the dots that maybe weren't necessarily, uh, the 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 first in line to get connected so again thank you so much everyone who's listening and if you ever did want to donate to the podcast check out our patreon patreon.com slash big mark pod again thank you so much for for listening um i'm really excited about today's episode because you know it's pretty it's pretty near and dear to my heart um you know i love our topic today i love live music i love listening to it. I love playing it. I love experiencing it in person. I love listening to it on an album. I like I like watching it in a video. Like live music is is something so interesting and it's so special. I love it. And you know humans human beings relationship with music is very interesting because it goes back so so far. And you know its origin started you know, anthropologically when we were, you know, tribal people potentially still like living in the, living in the wilderness. And we played music as a group. We played music together, everyone. And it was mostly percussive. It was banging on, on logs and clapping our hands and stuff. But everyone in the village would take part in the music. Everyone was a musician and enjoy it. And, you know, it was part of some, it was part of some, like, building rituals and things to keep people in time for work, and then it was also used in sacred, um, sacred areas, you know, we're talking about j- basically just music in general, but obviously this is live, this is pre, but you know, before recorded, t- before you could ever record anything as far as music was concerned, so music was live, that's how human beings experience music for the longest time, right, like, even even up until like Beethoven and stuff, they still didn't have a way to preserve music where um, it was of any fidelity at all, let alone something that you could listen to and and feel like, oh, wow, I'm actually listening to the instruments that are playing this music. So when you wanted to hear this music, you had to go to a concert hall and it was a big experience and you got all fucking dressed up. And you went out and and even into the days where where we had recorded music, because the recordings probably weren't so great, the best place you're ever going to hear music is live. And and truthfully, that's still that's still the case. Now most of the recorded music we hear today, if it's done with any like production value, 
sounds amazing. It sounds it sounds better than what's and frankly it sounds better than it could ever be live. Uh, you know, purely sonically with the music, and you know you can listen in headphones, and you can just be in your own world. And you know, it's it's one of those things that with technology, we've yes, we've gotten to a place where listening to music at home is pretty good digitally and and where we've got to but in fact we're actually starting to go back in time a little bit with things you know people are starting to go back to vinyl and people are starting to look to lo-fi recordings and lo-fi tunage and 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 getting away from that perfect perfect sound and it's funny you know we sh- we should talk about vinyl because Vinyl sounds better because it's a more natural sound, even though it's recorded music and we're talking about live music today. Vinyl is is analog. It's analog sound. It's more natural. Like the sound that's coming out of my voice, which is then being turned into a digital signal, which then you're listening to. But up until the point my, my the sound of my voice hits this microphone, it's an analog signal. Which, meaning that there's actually something physical happening. My my, you know, uh, my lungs are pushing out air in a in a certain way. And it's going over, and the 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 shape of my mouth is changing the sounds, and I'm articulating and and moving my mouth in a certain way that I'm pushing the air in front of my mouth out, and it's creating a wave. It's creating a sine wave. You know, if we remember anything from math or or you know. I guess physics, if anyone if anyone got that far. A sine wave is just a kind of a is a is the mathematical representation of a natural wave, right? It's very, very common in nature to see these waves. And that's the that's the same kind of sound wave that's coming out of the speaker when um when you're when you're listening to a vinyl. Right, like, yeah, there's a signal that's happening where there's electricity involved, but it's not digital. And again, the the movement of the speaker is then moving the, the air in that way and creating that wave, and then your your ear is interpreting it. And again, not to continue to be so tangential, but again, music truly does only exist in our heads. Out in in reality, in in physical space, music is just waves, air waves. You know, angels in the airwaves and shit. And our brain is then capturing that, our ear is listening to it, and our brain is interpreting it. So truly music only exists in our in our in our own mind. But back to live music, I think that's a big reason why we love live music is that it it sounds brilliant. And like, you know, depending on the genre, but like Again, technology has gotten to a place with live music, too, that you can get really good sound, especially indoors in a well-designed building, you know, with a good sound person and and good equipment. You're going to hear things that you're not used to hearing. And it's in, again, not only listening and hearing art, like the, the, the audio of the performance, but you're also seeing the musicians perform. Right. And that's such a major part. And yeah, there's some guys out there that that just kind of stand on stage and do their thing. And it's still special to watch them and listen. And it's amazing. But there's something so special about watching, you know, a band of people or even just a solo artist doesn't really matter. But, 
you know, anyone go up on stage and play. And like I mentioned before, it was interesting because we all used to play together, you know, when we were in tribes and slowly but surely one person kind of emerged as the best and people, we just started saying, hey, like, why don't we all just watch this one person play and you know for some odd reason we we elevated the music the musicians and not even though everyone has this capability in them and there's an innate way that humans no matter what whether they're a trained musician or not we have an innate ability to pick out a wrong note in a series of notes that is supposed to be you know we have all these we have all these um inherent capabilities that we, we we might not necessarily know why maybe they're a little bit learned but at the same time they're not trained in the sense we know why a note is wrong but we can hear and again we all have this innate ability to be musicians but yet we really elevate you know um the musician to a point where at least we're going to all give them our attention yeah maybe they're not like elevated to you know a point where each musician you know i being a musician myself we're not necessarily everyone's great even though our the famous ones we we definitely elevate to that to that uh status but again we we tend to as a group look to the musicians that are really good and we and we really appreciate that and you know people we like musicians <laughs> Is basically what I'm saying. But again, you know, there's something really cool about that, the performance aspect of it. Again, not only just elevating someone because they can play, but because they can entertain, right? And there's something so entertaining about, about live music, right? It gets you. And, you know, one of my favorite performers, I'll talk about him in a second, is Gord Downey, you know, rest in peace. But he had such an innate ability to just entertain, whether it was the banter between songs, during songs, the way he acted, the way he moved, he was he was truly giving the audience literally everything he had, ringing himself out on stage, like that there was nothing left, and as a as an audience member, it just like you know you couldn't help but smile, and and it was just pure entertainment. And again, it's something captivating about good music. And we love it. And we love listening to it. And, you know, we love, like I said, we love watching it. Like music concert movies. Like The Last Waltz. Um, Another Day, Another Time. Tremendous. The Last Waltz, if no one's seen that, that's the band. Um, the, the band. That's their last show ever. And it was, um, it was filmed and directed by Martin Scorsese which is wild. Um, but there's something interesting about a concert movie because you get to... You get closer, unless you're like fucking front row center, but even still you're like looking up at this weird angle. You get some beautiful angles that you would never that you would never be able to see with some of these concert films, right? Because they got cameramen right up there. They're getting in there. They got fucking booms and shit. And the sound is great, too. You're getting the sound right off the board. Sounds fucking tremendous. Um, you know, it's it's a great 
it's a great way to experience a concert without actually going to a concert. You know, there's a pro, there's this great um, uh, concert film, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's Pearl Jam Live at the Garden in 03. Oh my gosh, amazing. You know, there's so many, so many great live music um, movies, again, if you will. Um, again, the, some of the, some of the live music that I've, I've been lucky to see, you know, there's, there's some amazing, amazing bands out there that I've been, you know, I just saw Iron Maiden the other day. They were amazing. Oh my gosh. Like I'm not a, I'm not the biggest Iron Maiden guy. I respect them. I respect Bruce Dickinson. I respect everything, you know, their place in music history. But that whole kind of 80s metal-ish genre, hard rock thing just has never been my bag. But their show was fucking amazing. And I had an opportunity to see the show. Shout out Sam. My boy um, had had an extra ticket and I snatched it up. And it was fucking unreal. Like, I'm talking crazy set design, you know, I'm talking each musician, you could watch each musician at any point and they're putting on an absolute show. I mean, you couldn't really see the drummer, but everyone else is just playing to the absolute tits, killing it. They had this eight, like 10 foot tall, like puppet dude, like on stilts, um, who came out in two different costumes. They had a fucking costume change for the giant puppet. Just amazing. Like, Really putting it out, balls to the wall, and really entertaining, knowing that they wanted everyone to walk out of that building saying, I, you know, I just saw Iron Maiden and it was fucking sick. And it's funny because I saw years ago, I still I have the DVD um, of Metal Headbangers Journey, which is uh, made by a Canadian filmmaker. And he basically created this this chart, you know, flow chart, if you will, of like the history of metal and, you know, who started it and, you know, from Sabbath and Zeppelin and all these like early, early, you know, rockers, King Crimson and shit and all this, this branching out into death metal and glam metal and pop and all this shit. And he interviewed Bruce Dickinson, obviously Bruce Dickinson's involved. And Bruce said, you know, talking about the, you know, operatic performance nature of, of live music and metal, of course, but live music in general, is that him as a as a front man, he, when, every time he goes out and plays, he plays and he looks at the in the back, the very back, the guy who's barely, you can barely see him behind anyone, and he finds him and he goes, you, and he points to him and he plays to that one dude, and the one guy goes, me? Oh my God, like, again... Making that guy feel like the show is about him. And that's that performance mentality, which we'll get into in a bit. But some of the other bands that I loved, obviously, like I mentioned, Tragically Hip, phenomenal, R.I.P. Gord Downey, saw them a bunch of times, had a, you know, saw them um, two years in a row, both on Canada Canada Day, which was amazing because, you know, they they have such... They're set, they, they are steeped in Canadiana, right? Like they are, they, you know, they were Canada's band and, you know, 
it's it's going to be tough tough to see them go. But you know, I had a chance to see them at Massey Hall, which is one of my favorite venues, um, one of the most beautiful venues um, I've I've been to. And I also was able to see their second last show ever. So their last show ever they played in Kingston, but their second last show ever they played in Hamilton, and. It was interesting because it was kind of like watching a guy do his own eulogy. And again, that's the thing with with live music, right? Like it's, you know, however you're feeling that night is how you're going to be performing. And I couldn't imagine any single one of those guys in the band, you know. There's no way that they were just thinking that this was any other show. And also, I was eighth row from the front. Like I was right up there. I was right right on the floor, and I swear I could feel people's energy directed at the stage, and it was a deep, deep sadness, and again, very interesting concert, very interesting concert, because I was grateful to be able to see them one last time for the fourth time, I think, at that point, but I wish it was many more. Um and you know, there's many bands that have come and gone now that I've missed. You know, I missed Rush. I, you know, Neil Peart died. I thought I'd have a chance to see Rush for the rest of my life, basically, or at least for another few more years. And then Neil passed away. And then uh, Fleetwood Mac's another one where you know Christine McVie is now now not with us anymore. I was lucky to see Yes. That was a tremendous show. So talk about you know people passing away. I saw them minus John Anderson, their lead singer, but he just had a throat operation. Two guys since of Yes have passed away, Bill Burford and, and Rick Wakeman, R.I.P. And, uh, or sorry, Chris Squire and Bill Burford, I think. I think Rick Wakeman's still alive. Fuck, I'm sorry, guys. Anyway, you know, um, Pearl Jam, obviously I mentioned Pearl Jam. I saw them for the first time in, in Toronto in 2006. And I went with my pops and... You know, I'd listened to Pearl Jam many times. My dad's a big fan. He's always been a fan. I, I, I feel like I've... Oops. I feel like I grew up. I feel like I grew up um, listening to Pearl Jam. And once I actually got a chance to see them, my whole perspective changed. The show that they put on... And the way they sold themselves out to the music, like, let not sold themselves out in a bad way, left every bit and and put every ounce of themselves into the music and played for like three three over three hours and played till the lights came on, and just it was it was it was so cool and so special and I never really and seeing the fans' reaction and how many diehard fans they are, there are and. It, it, again, it instantly made me a huge mega Pearl Jam fan. Instantly, as much as I already liked, liked you know, I liked it. I liked their music. I wasn't like a huge Pearl Jam fan, but once I saw them live, man, it it totally, totally changed my my perspective. Um, and again, a huge, you know, they're obviously a huge influence um, for me too, and. Another huge influence, Winter Sleep. You know, one of the greatest concerts I ever went to. I was 13. Um, 
and I went to went to see Winter Sleep with my parents, and it was an all ages show at the at the Underground in Hamilton, and I again I was a young kid, but I was walking through the doors. Parents are paying, and buddy goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, wait up!" Like going into the into the bar area. He goes, "Hold on, wait up." You forgot your wristband, and that was like for people that were 19 plus because it was all ages, but everyone who was 19 plus needed a wristband so that they could drink. And he goes, yo, you forgot your wristband, and he throws the wristband on me so I can drink, and I was 13. I mean, again, you know, I was like six foot four, I guess, at the time, so like I was a pretty big kid, but, you know, still, I was like, oh shit, and I was with my parents and wasn't even thinking about drinking at that point. And although I could have went buck wild, but I was there for the music and I was super stoked and they just put on such a good show. And it was one of those shows where, again, the underground Hamilton is underneath another bar. So it's, it's a basement bar. So it's low and it's intimate and you just like the music was fucking loud and it was just like, it just went right into me and they played some songs. Actually, they played one song called Wady Ghost for the first, like one of the first times they ever played it. And it was so fucking good. And then they changed it for the album. They totally reproduced it and, and they and they, they changed it. What are you going to do? But at the same time, what the fuck? Because, hey, there's, I guess, a, a, a troublesome part about live music is that sometimes a band might play a song differently than they play on the album. And it might be good and it might be shit. Or they might be playing a demo for you. They're working on a song and they're going to play for you and you might think it's awesome and just like I said about when you sleep, you might get to the point where all of a sudden, fuck. They changed it. They had to reproduce it. They had to make it radio friendly. Whatever they had to do, and it's different. Eh, what can you do? But again, winter sleep. Many times, and I've seen them in a bunch of different places, indoor, outdoor, you know, so many venues, right? Like, there's so many different, different venues. There's, you know, again, outdoor amphitheaters like Budweiser Stage. Seen some great shows there. You know, I saw Tool there. Oh, my God. Fucking phenomenal. And that was a weird one, right? Because I didn't know what it was going to be like outside. But we were under we were under the, the canopy. So it kind of kept the sound a little bit more. But it was still f- such an amazing show. And then you go to Massey Hall, like I mentioned. A little bit more intimate there. You know, like 2,000 people. You know, any bar where, you know, maybe there's 50 people there. And I remember seeing the Darcy's, one of my favorite bands, at the Casbah, which is a great, great place in Hamilton. And <clears throat> again, there was maybe, I think the capacity is like 180. So there's maybe that many people in there, if that, 150 at the at the Casbah. Packed in there, loving it, sweating, killing it. The, the key to Bala, amazing. I remember seeing one of the greatest shows I've ever saw was the, uh, the Darcy's again opened up for the Arkells. And I went with my Huntsville crew and and um, Larson, basically, and Lep. And that was fucking awesome. The key to Bala is, if no one knows, it's in the heart of Muskoka, essentially, on the lake. Beautiful, like, giant cottage, essentially. And just, like, sweating, dancing, killing it, loving it. Again, just so many great venues at the Kerner Hall. I just saw the... Uh, Punch Brothers there. It's the it's in Toronto at the Royal Conservatory for Music. Beautiful, beautiful. This like not only looks amazing, but it's like 
acoustically created like Hamilton place in, in, in Hamilton here. Like it's just acoustically designed. You're just getting amazing, amazing sound. Uh, I saw one of the pro jam shows I saw was at Joe Lewis, which is an arena, you know, arena is the console energy center. Another place I saw pro jam air Canada center, another place. I saw, so I saw, I've seen these bands in stadiums and you still have these feelings. Like if you're, if you're a musician and you can play music and you can make it a stadium feel like a fucking bar. Like that's, that's amazing. Um, you know, obviously seeing shows, going to these places, loving it. I also love playing live music too. Not as much as I love seeing it. You know, I love being on stage. I love interacting with the crowd. I love, it's freeing, you know, I grew up playing sports and there's something about like you're entering, you're you're stepping on a field, you're stepping on the court, you're you're wearing a uniform, you're in this mode where you're no longer just Mark anymore. You're no longer whoever you are anymore. You're someone who's gonna be a fucking animal or uh, a genius or an artist or whatever it's gonna be, but you are now essentially playing a part. And it's it's freeing in a sense. You get to do it and you get to play and um, playing together and and getting places and seeing crowds' reactions and all that is so special and it's so wonderful. And it's interesting having all that experience, knowing that, and then going to see a live show, right? You, you know, you respect the artist so much more. It's tough sometimes because maybe you get you get nitpicky and you've seen behind the curtain enough and you start looking at the little things that maybe not everyone not everyone um sees as well or or cares about but again like musicians are not you know we all love live music and there's something special about live music and there's something that, you know it's it's tough that that live music has gotten to a point where it's become so expensive but because of streaming now that's what it is. You have to pay these this money. And, and really, again, you know, this is the only way musicians are, are making money these days. So you got to you, you got to respect and you got to support. Right. And, you know, like I said, musicians are not. We all love live music. Gord, like I mentioned, Gord Downey, my boy, my favorite, my favorite live performer. He once said Hamilton is the best city in the country to see live music. And that's fucking amazing. There's, there's some amazing places in Hamilton. This is Hamilton, Ontario. Anyone who's never been, please come. Anyone who's listening, who's a Hamiltonian, shout out. Anyone who has never been here and just drove past us and thinks we're just that stinky place on the way to Niagara Falls, it ain't. Come down to Hamilton. Check it out. Go to the Corktown. Go to the Casbah. You know, First Ontario, a.k.a. Cops Coliseum. They got big bands coming through, man. You guys can come and, and see and maybe... It's a e easier than going to Toronto for some shit. Like, come to Hamilton. Brickworks, Mills. You know, there's some amazing, amazing places, which I'm lucky and privileged, and I'm grateful that I've had the chance to ever play any of them. You know, and there's some that is coming come and gone, including the Underground, which I mentioned where I've seen Winter Sleep, and this ain't Hollywood. A beautiful place. Again, lost to fucking condo, uh building shit god damn it and it's bullshit because you know hamilton's already in a weird spot you know as much as it's it's one of the greatest places in the country to see live music 
it got fucked up with COVID. I think people are still a little bit tentative to go out and, you know, because we, we truly only have kind of small bars, you know, the Corktown, you know, um, Casbah, you know, places like that, that have me, you know, Lazy Flamingo, uh, Doors, all these bars, small little places that are like, you know, 150 or less. Mills Hardware, same idea. And none of them are places that you really go to drink. You go to see a band and and you go specifically to see the band. You don't wander in or you don't happen to be there when you're when you're chilling. You know, I, my band Reckless Harbor, shout out Reckless Harbor, check us out everywhere. Reckless with a W. Um, we just played the D- the Dakota Tavern in Toronto, amazing joint, but still a bar that you might just f- happen to find yourself in. And all of a sudden, there's going to be sweet bands playing. We don't really have that. And and all those small places, there's not like really an intermediary other than Brickworks now, which is very new and somewhat out of the way, in my opinion. Great spot, and I and I love and I love going there, and I hope to play there. But still, what I'm saying is, you have to be purposely going there to see a show. You don't just kind of happen upon it and pay at the door and wander in. And that's what you need. You need a place that's centrally located. That you're just going to have people walking around and be like, oh, look at the fucking chalkboard says live music and drinks. Let's go in and fucking have a good time. You don't you don't have that. And then on top of that, these small venues and brickworks, you don't have another like intermediary jump until you're at, at like first Ontario or Hamilton place, which is like a couple thousand or like obviously 20,000 at, at Cops Coliseum at, at first Ontario. We need like. 1000 seater you know 500 to 800 that like whole thing basically what the danforth music hall is in toronto so anyone who knows what the danforth music hall is in toronto it's basically an old movie theater or theater that they just tore the fucking seats out and that's what we need and there is a place in hamilton it's on king street it's across from gilbert's big and tall used to be an old theater they used to have wrestling there and shit like it used to be a fucking joint it's sitting there abandoned, probably full of home- homeless people, like chilling vagrants. If I had the money, I'm buying that place instantly. And that's becoming Hamilton's new venue for for intermediary shows. And you're getting cool bands that are, you know, halfway in, in their career. They're not in the stadiums yet, but they're bigger than bars. And you're getting those bands. But now again, like we we have that we have we don't have that perfect balance. Even though the music's great and a lot of bands coming out of Hamilton are phenomenal, not to toot our own horn. Again, check Reckless Harbor out. But there's some amazing. It's a, it's a great scene. It's very supportive, and everyone loves playing it. And again, check us out, Reckless Harbor with a W. We got some shit on YouTube. We're working on um, we're working on doing some recording. So have your ears peeled. I'll let you know as soon as that drops. Um, but again, this is really the only way that you can really support your your um, favorite bands. You can buy their merch, but that'll cost them money too. So go to the shows, support the bands, sing every fucking lyric as loud as you can at them. They love it. They want to hear about it. They want to hear how it makes you feel. Whether you're tell- telling it to them or just showing it to them from the crowd. Pay, you know, yeah, it's tough to pay 300 bucks for a ticket. But if it's 100 bucks, pay 100 bucks. 
because we shouldn't spend money on things. We should spend money on experiences. And the band will give you that hundred bucks. They will give you that if they're asking for that and they're being they're being fair, they will repay you in that show and it will be worth it and you'll love it and you'll go home from it and you'll always remember it. Look at all this shit. Didn't take me. I, I wrote a couple of things down. I remember all these shows. I remember all these moments and some and so much shit that I, I didn't even mention tonight. So go out there, support your local bands, support your, your favorite bands. Go out there. And come and support Reckless Harbor too. Whenever you're listening to this, if you are listening to this before January 13th, Friday the 13th, we are, Reckless Harbor is playing Clifford Brewing Company in Hamilton. Shows at eight. Check us out. Thanks for listening. Can't wait for the next episode. Thank you all for supporting the podcast. And if you ever need to reach out, if you wanted to give us some tips or you know, if we if I missed a fucking fact or if you got an idea for a podcast episode or you want to come on as a guest, reach out to us, hit us up, our DMs at the Big Mark Pod, at the Big Mark Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our channel. We want to keep building that community. We want to build the the Big Mark Podcast community. Uh, and check out our Patreon too, patreon.com slash the Big Mark Pod. Give us five stars. Share the load, share it with your with your friends, everyone who wants to listen to this, bring them together, whether you think they're being to it or not. I want it, I want them to listen to the Big Mart Pod. Thank you all. Thanks for listening. Go support your local bands. Doot doot loot doot. Doot doot. Peace. <laughs>